On this episode, Jeff Blank, holding senior management positions with Fortune 500 and tech startups, will be sharing secrets of business development, analytics, value proposition, and best marketing and sales strategies. Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now, please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman. Hello. In the context that business development is any activity that generates value, we have an interesting guest today. Jeff is the Director of Consulting Services for HLB Gross Collins, where he manages Gross Collins advisory services, which include profit enhancement, business transition, planning, litigation support, valuation services, internal control engagements. And the reason I'm emphasizing that is you'll notice I didn't really cover marketing and sales because business development really is a process. And Jeff works on the infrastructure side to make sure that marketing and sales can deliver or the company can deliver what marketing and sales is communicating. HLB Gross Collins is a full service certified public accounting and consulting firm that provides traditional accounting and audit services and specializes in technical guidance for internal tax, estate, and business consulting. Jeff, very interesting, is not only a graduate of University Chicago Booth School of Business, but even more notable, and thank you for your service, sir, uh, United States Military Academy at West Point. Interesting, Jeff. You'll have to tell us what brought you there and how you got involved in, in, in accounting we, and business. We could talk about the next couple of hours about West Point, but uh, I uh, bet I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, Jeff focuses on adding value to his clients by looking at all the pieces of his clients' current and future financial landscapes and looks to maximize the opportunities and, more importantly, to avoid pitfalls that are at each stage of his client's business's life cycle. Jeff is an expert in internal controls and IT assurance, risk management, and a certified mind shop facilitator. Jeff, you'll have us interested in we need to know what a certified mind, mind shop facilitator is. Sure. What You have uh, had senior management positions for operations and finance with companies in an array of industries with Fortune 500 companies, small and mid-sized firms, including technology startups. And I personally like that because you bring a, a real array of industries and, and expert advice from all kinds of industries and businesses. So Jeff's background, well, has given you how large and small companies manage those touch points for developing business from inside analytics all the way through developing a value proposition and communicating that through marketing and sales and that reach. Jeff, before we start, please tell us a little bit more about H&LB Gross Collins. Sure. Um, HOB Gross Collins, we were founded in the late 60s. And so we've we've had clients that have been with us since founding. We are, as you said, a full service accounting and consulting firm. But at our core, we, we are business advisors. So yes, we are accountants, but more importantly, we're problem solvers and we're business advisors, you know, helping businesses grow, become more profitable. The HLB Association, we um, joined HLB International, which is an international association of accounting firms all over the world. We joined that association, um, it was just before I joined Gross Collins, so maybe about 16 or 17 years 
years ago. And what that association allows us is it allows us to have a global reach. And so there's approximately 600 HOB international firms all over the world, but each firm is independent. But at the same time, we get to know these other firms because we have annual conferences that we attend. There's CEO conferences, there's tax conferences, there's audit conferences. So we actually get to know these partner firms all over the world. And through that association, we've developed an international practice. So for instance, there may be a business in Berlin that's buying a manufacturing facility in Georgia. So we'll get those sort of inbound referrals. And then there's also outbound referrals that we can make to our international partners. So we like to say we're local in touch, but global in reach. And the HLB International Association has given us that, that reach. We are an industry-focused firm as well. We Talk ha- about that, what those industries sure. are. Sure. We have an industry focus on manufacturing and distribution, construction, healthcare, finance and real estate, service and technology, and then international as well. We kind of consider that a separate segment, although that touches on different other segments. And so the way we're organized as a firm is each segment has a practice leader that's responsible for being the expert in that particular industry or segment via, you know, whether it's um, manufacturing distribution or construction. And also that practice leader is responsible for growing that segment. Now, you know, different practice leaders will have different ways that, that they do that. And then... So you have the vertical leaders, then you have the horizontal leaders. So there's a director of audit, there's a director of tax, and then I'm the director of consulting services. So that's how we're organized as a firm. But again, at, at our core, we uh, we really think of ourselves as as business advisors and, and helping businesses become more successful. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the HLB uh, portion and that you do have an international reach. In Atlanta, you're one of the leading uh, accounting firms. So I'm glad that you had mentioned that. Let's look at HLB Gross Collins growth. You started in the 60s, right? Then it began to grow. And talk about where it met its challenges and how it met its challenges. So you start out as, as a, I don't know, was it a, a partnership? Was it a few people? And how did it grow to how many employees does Gross Collins have today? So we have about 70 professionals. So yeah, I've seen a lot of growth during that time. We've probably tripled in size and as far as the firm size, the number of people, and as far as revenues as well. But I would say, so we're a little bit at an inflection point because audit and tax services just in general are a very it's a very slow growth mm-hmm. area we, we're not the only firm that faces this challenge is it's just it's a, it's a very mature industry it's a very saturated industry and so if you look at national statistics for audit and tax it's just a, it's just a slow growth area so I say we're at an inflection point because we're currently now kind of working on plans and devising on devising plans on how do we grow because at our at our core, right, we have the audit and tax, but then we have the advisory services. So really, really the future of the firm, I think, is going to be on the advisory side. And we're still kind of working through the, the best way to do that. Some of our competitors have made acquisitions. They've joined, well, or they've gotten acquired. Mm-hmm. by other firms, or they've they've bought, bought in a niche specialty consulting areas. And so maybe they, they purchase an IT consulting area, or maybe they purchase tax consulting practice. And so those, you know, those are things that we're mm-hmm. looking at. Professional services, and not necessarily just accounting, you know, are restrained by billable hours. There's only 24 hours in, in a day. And as you just said, the rate you could charge is being suppressed by the competition. The advisory services are key for all professional 
educational services. And Gross Collins has grown in, like you said, going horizontally and vertically. So by going into different industries and bringing on the talent to address those industries, the company is growing in, in many ways, not just through its, its audit and, and tax services, which is a, a good program for it. Uh, ge- we talked about the geographic area, and you mentioned uh, international. We talked about acquisitions and mergers, and that professional companies, especially nationals and large regionals, that has been a focus. Is that something that Gross Collins would be looking at in the future? As a firm, and it's interesting, we talked about this. We just had our leadership retreat not too long ago, and so every year we meet as a leadership team and reaffirm you know, our plan for the next 12 months and also on long-range plans as well. And we're, we're committed to staying independent. I mean, we've been approached by other firms to merge and um, we're just committed to stay independent and have more control over our destiny, so to speak. Let's move from HLB Gross Collins for a moment because we're talking about mergers and acquisitions, which are very common now. What advice would you give a company that is looking to merge or be acquired? Well, first, what's the value proposition, number one? Number two, I think the price certainly is a uh, important consideration. So we, we kind of get into these issues in my business transition practice, which is basically helping business owners, you know, transition their business. You know, there's a whole host of things to consider. Was there anything in particular that um, you wanted to dive into in that area? Or Well, a- again, this isn't just related to Gross Collins now. This is just in general information. Like when I'm brought in to develop business for companies and they understand that they're looking to sell, let's say, right? I look at, usually it's a multiplier of their EBIT. Mm-hmm. Most owners, and, and I'm talking about privately held companies for a moment here, really think it's much higher than it actually is going to wind up. I don't know if it's, that's disillusional or, or, however, the advice would be sell your assets and keep the cash if you that's what you're looking for. Or if you want to grow the company's revenue, maybe start selling your products and services for less because the buyer is interested in the target markets that you're selling and the accounts they're going to pick up that they feel they can sell more services to. So those are two different strategies, if, if you will. So in that context, when you're talking about a company looking for a merger or acquisition, from your viewpoint, the financial side and the consulting side, what advice might you give them? Well, first of all, they're going to have to go through um, a due diligence process as well. If they're going to be marketing themselves to be selling. So kind of the process that we run is making sure that they have not necessarily audited financial statements. You know, audited financial statements would probably be the best. Uh, they at least would, would need to have reviewed financial statements, making sure there's no um, contingent tax liabilities out there, making sure that the financials actually re- reflect, you know, the, the true conditions of the company. And then we um, usually run a process where we'll introduce them to some investment bankers and have them interview a, a number of different investment bankers. And then the investment banker is really going to be marketing that company, running a process for that company. In an ideal situation, they're setting up a bid where they're having, whether it's other private equity firms or other firms in that industry, that's going to raise the price if you have four or five companies kind of bidding on them. So that's kind of
kind of the process that we run them through. You know, it, it's it's the most important decision that, well, first of all, as a business owner, and, and again, let me take a step back, HOB Gross Collins, we don't deal with, with public companies. I mean, in my prior life, yes, I worked for public companies, but we are really specialists with working with private-owned companies, so no public companies. And so we do have a lot of different sizes of companies, a lot of different industries, a huge range from clients that maybe have three or 400000 of revenues to our largest client, which is probably a billion dollars of revenue. So it's a really, really long, long range. So this will, will be the most important decision that this business owner will make because the odds are this will probably be the first time and maybe the last time that they're going to be selling their business. And so a lot of them just, you know, they need a lot of handholding. They need to kind of understand, you know, what is, what is the process. And so we kind of provide that, that guidance from them. So again, it kind of starts out looking at their financial statements. Does the financial statements accurately reflect, you know, do they have the right internal controls in place? Because a lot of clients that get into the situation, they've never gone through the process of having reviewed financial statements or audited financial statements. So when we start kind of getting in there and looking at the books and records of, of the company, we find that a lot of stuff has not been recorded properly. So that's kind of you know step one. Step two is we'll kind of run through a process of what is the value of the company. Now you can say, well, Jeff, you don't really need to do that because you can just, you know, it's the market will determine that. Well, well, yes and no. I, it's it's kind of important to get a value at the beginning. And the reason why is, depending on the size of the company and how many business owners, you know, the business owner needs to understand once they sell this business, how much cash are they going to actually put in their pocket? And is that going to be enough to retire on? Because oftentimes that's what happens. You know, the business owner is getting older, they're retiring, we need to look at what is the business worth? How much cash are they going to put in their pocket after, after this transaction? And then if, to your point, if they think the business is worth a lot more- Which is typical. Which is very typical. <laughs> I've, I do have instances where it was the reverse, which is very, very unusual. So that's a perfect opportunity if they approach us early enough is to say, hey, listen, here are some things we can do to help you grow your business and to become more profitable. And so let's maybe hold off and maybe not sell in the next you know, three to six months, maybe let's sell in the next 18 to 24 months and let's let's do some consulting. Let's do some growth and profit consulting. So there's a there's a presentation that I give to a lot of business owners and groups, which is basically how to maximize the value of a business. And I talk about, you know, really the three levers that are going to drive value for your business is you have your cash flow, you have your growth in your cash cash flow, and then you have the, the riskiness of your cash flow. So there's things you can do in all three of those areas to, to make your, your business more valuable. So that's why it's important to get a get evaluation at the beginning. And so if we can get in into the process early enough, there's some things we can do across those three levers I mentioned to make that business more profitable. But then it's turning it over to the professionals that, you know, we're not a transaction firm. We're business advisors. We're not investment bankers. But, you know, part of our job is maintaining a network of trusted advisors that we can go to. And so that's kind of the, the next step. Once we've kind of done all of our work that I mentioned is to turn it over to that investment banker. And, you know, we usually make introductions with two or three bankers, investment bankers, have the client make the decision. And then that starts a whole new process. Well, it's interesting that several times you mentioned helping the company grow, and this is at a point that they're ready to sell. When you talk about business development, many people think business development has to do with marketing and sales, and yet you're growing a company with advisory. You're growing a company by, number one, doing an audit so you know exactly where they are currently 
And then you're looking at management capability. Will management be staying on or does the company that's looking to buy will have the management to take over? Uh, you're also recommending different avenues that they should take during that year to make the stabilize themselves and make themselves look more attractive. You raise a good point. So if you're a business owner, you're looking to grow, you know, my, my revenues are flat. I'm not really sure what I'm doing wrong. You know, I'm, I'm attending meetings. I'm making cold calls. I'm, you know, I'm doing business development. Well, you know, let's take a step back. You know, let's talk about some of the fundamentals. And this is kind of what we do and when, when we help businesses think through is what are your mission and vision and values? What do you stand for as a company? What is the value that you're trying to bring to your clients? And, and believe me, if, if Coca-Cola and Amazon and these sort of companies have thought through very carefully their mission and vision and value, you need to, you know, if you're a business owner of a, of a private company. So that's, that's kind of step one. And then there's another term that we use and we help businesses look at, and it's SCA. What is their sustainable competitive advantage? And so that really is what is the value that you're bringing to your marketplace. And then, you know, another framework that we can use is STP. I don't know if you've heard that one, segment, target, and position. Mm, yeah. You know, so how are you segmenting your your market? You know, for us, Gross Collins, we're segmenting it by industry. But depending on the business, you may segment it by age. You know, there's a lot of different ways to segment a market. Which of those segments are you targeting? Because the more specific you can be, the better. Then how are you positioning yourself within those specific segments? And so, you know, that's kind of what Gross Collins has done, obviously. We've looked at the market. We have different segments. We're not marketing or doing business development for, for public companies or all private companies. And so we've looked at kind of a sweet spot. Our really sweet spot is maybe 20 million in revenues to 200 in revenues. Yes, do we have companies outside? But, you know, that's kind of our sweet spot across the different industries. And then, you know, how we position ourselves within those different segments, it really kind of depends on the segment. So it kind of does vary by that. Interesting you say that about the demographics of, you know, actually you're talking about the firmographics, which is really you know, the demographic graphics of the kinds of markets that you're dealing with. But drilling down to the demographics, the specifics of who you're dealing with, what I find, because that's private heli companies are also my sweet spot, I find that their makeup is all over the board. Yeah. They're not, you know. They're not focused. Right. You, you could have one company that started out with an engineer that had a patent and, and grew a $50 million business, but he meets his Peter principle when it comes to managing a company or managing his finances. So you bring the professionalism to those individuals. And that's, you know, that's where Gross Collins was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, we were all kind of generalist. We were all trying to go out and get business, but we weren't really focused. And it's a much different conversation that you could have with a business owner is you can say, listen, I'm the I'm the segment leader for manufacturing distribution. I'm an expert in that area. I understand the trends. I, you know, I understand exactly what's happening. It gives you more credibility. And I think it's more value add to the client as well. And Absolutely. So, and so we are, we're very very industry focused. Now, my practice, I tend to be a little bit more of a generalist, but that's just because I support the entire firm. So I provide business advisory services across all of our segments. So I, I have to be a, a little bit more of a generalist. I like to use this term. It's not my term. I, I stole it from somebody else, but I, I like to consider myself a deep generalist. So I have a lot of general knowledge and general information, but then I have some very deep focus areas. For instance, you mentioned the business valuation. We, you know, business transition planning, internal control, and that sort of thing. I, I had an interesting, you know, just to share some war stories. I, I was with three brothers, and uh, they had uh, heavy industrial equipment, and they were all in there. I think the youngest was late 50s, and three brothers, the late was in the middle 
60s, and I asked them, what's your end game? <laughs> and, and they looked at me like they never heard the question before. Right, right. And they hadn't. Yeah. And, and one brother said, well, I'm thinking about maybe selling. And the other two brothers looked at him like, what? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so this brings up, you know, the, the talking about a buy-sell agreement and how important that could be and, and how partners do not understand that if something happens to one partner, you're not just dealing with the spouse. You might be dealing with the spouse's boyfriend. <laughs> so can you kind of yeah, explain? No, no buy-sell agreements are, are important. It, it is amazing how many companies don't think to do that. But just to educate our listeners, if you're not f- familiar with this sort of agreement, it basically goes through all the eventualities that could potentially happen. It, it's important for any business, but it's m- certainly more critical when you have multiple business owners and which at Gross Collins, we, you know, a lot of our clients, there's two or three different business owners. But what happens if one of the business owner dies? Mm-hmm. What happens if they want to sell their interest? What interest, what's the value of that interest once it's sold? And so it covers all of those areas. You know, there's a lot of uh, attorneys that we work with that specialize in this area. Now, it is definitely very critical. What's really important is what you offer, and that's the valuation of the business, because the buy-sell is going to be predicated on that value today and projecting what it might be in the future. You know, there's different formulas that you can use, but a lot of buy-sell agreements basically say say that in the eventuality that, you know, there's some sort of exit, then you, you hire an independent third-party appraiser to, to value the business. So, Well, we only have a few minutes left, so I'm going to ask a series of questions for short <laughs> answers. That time really flew by. <laughs> it does. It does. In what way do you see innovation affecting your client or the, the industries in general? Definitely impacts our clients and impacts us as well. I mean, I just think about us as a firm, how the software mm, that we've brought right. in to, to better manage our business. Listen, you know, if you're not keeping up with the latest technology, your competitors are, somebody is. And so make sure you understand whether that's better software to, to manage your business. Make sure that you're keeping up with the latest trends, especially as they impact your industry. Well, and that's on the uh, infrastructure side, if you will. But on the marketing side, you know, keeping up with what your competition is or what value you could bring that's not being currently addressed in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is kind of fundamental stuff that has not really changed a whole lot on, over time. But yeah, certainly understand your industry, understand your value proposition, what's your sustainable competitive advantage. So another exercise that we do with clients is we look at where they are as compared to their, their competition and what can they do better to to beat their competition. So there, there's a whole exercise around that. And with the emphasis on the present administration on manufacturing, do you see that as a growth curve for companies? I think so. I mean, it's, it's a complicated area now with the tariffs. So kind of depending on what, what you're manufacturing and, you know, where you're getting your materials to do the manufacturing, it could be good or bad with the current political climate with what's happening. A lot of people are saying there's going to be a, a trade war. So Well, that's <laughs> right. But that's where advice comes in. Yeah. Very handy. Before we sign off, there's there's got to be some interesting war stories that you've had in your career. <laughs> they're, always, yeah. they're always enjoyable. Anything to share? Sure. Well, we had uh, we had one client and their uh, their business model was basically hunting for treasure in the Caribbean. Aren't we all? <laughs> Euphemistically referred to as marine salvage. But it, but it was really, really interesting because they kind of came to me 
because they wanted me to put together financial projections and so they can go out to investors and raise money. And so it was kind of a probability weighted financial forecast. You know, he was basically saying, well, okay, if we find this particular ship, um, you know, that's going to be a billion dollars. If we find this ship, it'll be this. And it was really kind of an interesting engagement. You know, they, they're not clients anymore and I haven't, I've kind of lost, lost track of them, but they did supposedly have some interesting technology that they were developing that was going to help them find the, the buried treasure. So are we all trying to find that buried treasure? <laughs> did they ever find it to you now? Not that I know of. No, you would have read about them probably in the newspaper. Well, that's great. Well, I think we're just about out of time. So Jeff Plank of HLB Gross College, thank you for being with us today. This is Artie Ruderman reminding you to keep developing your business. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network. 